0: Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 91. Today, we're closing out the pre-Hard Rock series here with Jeff Hart. We got him on the phone from Silverton, Colorado. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links from in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to another edition of the Trail Manners podcast. We're on episode 91, and we're just going to jump right into it. This is uh, the fourth episode we've had with Jeff Hart. He is down in, well, Silverton territory in Hard Rock. Jeff, uh, how you doing?
1: I am hanging in there.
0: I am surviving. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best way to put it. <laughs> well, this is our, well, this is our fourth go-around with you. We've uh, kind of been chronicling your journey to, to Hard Rock this year, um, and we've got you on the phone here, and you uh, just got off the mountain, and if you can hear anything in the background, it's just because Jeff's just hanging out, right?
1: Yeah, I'm just sitting on the side of Main Street in Silverton, and
0: Uh, there's all kinds of ATVs
1: and tourists going by. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) the booming metropolis of Silverton,
1: you know, I think it's a little different than it has been in bygone years. It's, it's pretty (laughs) popping.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so with the last, I think the last time we had John was 86. So it's been about five weeks since our last show. Um, Okay. So what's, what's been going on? I mean, you, uh, you got out of work. Um, cause you're out for the summer and then you guys just took your time to travel down to Silverton is what have you been doing.
1: Yeah. So I think we left off and I, I kind of was saying that my injuries were coming around and my mental state was good and, but I really didn't have any serious mileage. So I, I was able to bust out a couple of 50 to 70 mile weeks that, um, that made me feel a little bit more confident about this whole thing and then we left town and we just kind of made our slow slow run to get to silverton we did some rock climbing in southern idaho at city of rocks and that sits at about seven thousand feet so that started my acclimation and then um, i i had some failed attempts to climb lone peak and uh timpanogos uh, because of all the snow you guys have had down there, yeah, so and continued on i 've got family down in the four corners area down south of Moab and um that uh, the the mountains down there uh, near my mom 's house go up to eleven thousand so I got up to eleven thousand there and then got here roughly a week ago and did um, did my first Well, caught my first glimpse of the San Juans um, with the running mentality in mind and just about started crying openly.
0: (laughs) I was just about ready to say, what was the first thing that went through your head when that all transpired?
1: The first thing that went through my head was, I am in serious, serious trouble here. (laughs) They're so intimidating. I mean, uh, and so... We got here in that first afternoon, first evening. I had about two hours. So I thought, oh, two hours. I can, you know, I'll just do, I, I, you know, that that should get me up and over one of these climbs. No problem. So we go to Cunningham, which is like the 10-mile aid station. Uh-huh. And, and we, um, I get out of the car and I start climbing up. And I'm just getting... I'm getting my ass handed to me. It was just so incredibly hard. I'm staggering at the top at 13,000 feet, and it's this weird place where you 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 do a thousand feet of climbing or two thousand feet of climbing, and it looks like it's topping out, and you come out into a, a, an alpine moraine, and then you see that you're only halfway there.
0: Well, the the beautiful false summit, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just never ending. It's just the climbs here just keep going. They're in, they're just so in your face and incessant. Um, so I had a real, a real humble, humble evening that first night camping. We're, and we're camping just outside of town. So yeah, it was a really humbling introduction.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I remember my first time down there and, uh, Even my second time down there, just the—it's like awe-inspiring, just how big the mountain. When you're down in Silverton, like where you're standing right now, you like kink your neck to look up to see the top of these ginormous peaks.
1: Yeah, if you haven't if you haven't been here, it's really—I mean, it sounds like hyperbole, but it genuinely is like that. You really do have to crane your neck, and then what you think you see as the summit. It's probably a thousand feet or more below the actual summit. it's yeah. hidden back there. It's a com- yeah. It's a compact mountain range. It doesn't spread over you know half of the state. But but they're they're very very rugged. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. It's so incredible to be here.
0: So now how? So now we kind of touched on it just briefly. But how how was the uh, the little nagging injuries or the 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 tweaks and stuff. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah. So the little avulsion fracture thing I've had, um, I feel it. I get a little bit of pressure in the back of my knee, but it's not bothering me. And, um, the only downside is that I haven't been able to kind of do my downhill training this spring. So I don't have the, the downhill legs that I normally would. I'm kind of relegated to just an average pace downhill. I worked really hard to have good downhill speed when I trained for Western and just kind of have always kept that. So, um, I feel like the best weapon in my quiver is kind of, you know, not there, but my Achilles have come around that, that avulsion fracture is good. Everything's holding up. I'm just bloody tired at the end of every day.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, good thing if uh, if you don't got your downhill legs. Good thing there's not much downhill on this course, right?
1: No, it's really all just about <laughs> the uphill. There's the, the down the downhills are gentle. It's I don't know. It's like you know. It's like this the sound of music. You know, you just kind of dance through the meadow and it's, <laughs> it's all foofy and fluffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: everything I yeah. remember it right. Yeah. 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 So you got about, you know, we're recording this a little early because I'll be off to Beaverhead this weekend, but uh, we got about 10 days till the race. Um, what's what's the vibe like right now down in Silverton? Uh, you know, this this far out, I know we've talked and stuff. What's, what's the vibe like in town?
1: Um, it's pretty electric, and if you can be around the runners, um, there's a lot of anxiety, excitement, and anticipation. Yesterday really kind of kicked off the, the, the switch from, Um, being kind of a bucolic little, little community to just a thriving insanity bowl. Um, Yesterday was the 4th of July. So there's a lot of people in town. And, and so today's trail marking day. um, There were a lot more, a lot more people here to to mark trail with it. And it was, it was, um, uh, I don't know, more exciting. Met, met, you know, I've met quite a, a few of the the runners that are going to be in the race and lots of crew and pacers and, you know, no matter where you're running on the course, I think from now until the race, you're going to run into somebody involved with the race. So it's, it's, it's great. It's so much fun.
0: What, uh, how long, so you've been there about a week now, you said?
1: Uh, actually I think we've been here about 10 days now.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then you were mentioning in the, the 4th of July, they have a parade, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So did you, you jump in those festivities? Oh, you bet! Yeah, uh-huh. the
1: parade was a lot of fun. We we had the uh, Hard Rock Precision Marching Team. Um, you know, we were doing switchbacks and and crazy Ivans and and uh, Katie DeSplinter at Grossman was our our majorette, and she did a fantastic job of helping us do some of the the more technical. Um, marching uh, maneuvers
0: no one got hurt right no
1: one not not to my knowledge yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was really a lot of fun to do that and and there was a beer mile yesterday but um i was wise enough to stay away
0: <laughs> any any idea who came away with the win on that
1: i don't yeah uh, i don't um i know uh uh I don't know if he ran it, but I know James Varner from Rain Shadow Running, who's kind of in charge of marking the course. He was there. And uh, so there are people that, that would know better than me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so you, have the, you have the race coming up, which is obviously, you know, your anxiety level, your excitement. You've got all these mixed emotions. Cause you've been thinking about it for so long. But now that you're in the race is still some ways away, but with all the, the energy that's going on in that town, does that raise your anxiety level just a little bit more than maybe where it was? Not just because it's getting close, but because of just that buzz? Yeah,
1: it's, it's a mix of, of anxiety and anticipation. I'm really, I'm getting very close to that point where it's like, um, enough of this, let's just get the show on the road. I'm yeah. just, I'm ready to just go. You know, I've yeah. seen, I've seen probably at this point... Oh, I don't know. I mean, I I haven't exactly tapered. Um, I mean, for the last seven days, I'm sitting at about fifty miles, and did you know about eleven today? So, I, I've seen maybe fifty or sixty miles of the course now. Um, yeah, I'm ready
0: to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's, get, it's getting real, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It is definitely getting real.
0: Now, now um. We- We've been fortunate enough to see photos online posting here and there, but what's the what's the snowpack like this year
1: yeah so i it, I guess we had a really high snow year here in the mountains, but it's melting super fast It's been really toasty it's been um you know eighty here in town eight and eighty at ten thousand feet is insane that is um and sunny all day all day in fact. This afternoon, I'm sitting here, um, and it's cloudy and, and it's already rained on my tent while I took my afternoon nap, <laughs> but, um, the snow is melting quickly and, uh, one of my, so before the trail marking day, I, to acclimate, I went up and over Handy's and went through American basin, which was, um, completely snow packed. I, 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 you know, I just kind of had to post hole and glissade and slog my way through that to find, uh, the switchbacks going up handies from the, from the grouse gulch side. And so I, I, I told, um, uh, Charlie Thorne, who's in charge of marking the course. And they switched that data later on because everything's melting so fast that um, you know, an, an extra week, and it's probably a totally different place up there now. So, today we went from Telluride to Chapman Aid Station or Telluride over to Ofer, and there were two crews one working from Telluride and one working from the Ofer side. And, um, speak of the devil, there's James Varner now. Nice, yeah. how's it going? Hey, my hands are all oh, you've been carrying, marking things. Yeah. Tell, hey, them, who on the, on tell the, them who you're talking yeah. to. I'm on. Uh, I'm doing a podcast with um, Eric Manning, his Trail whoa, Manners whoa, podcast, whoa. and I'm updating him on my prep for for uh, Hard Rock. Wait, right now? Yeah, yeah, right whoa.
0: now. Ask <laughs> Barner. Ask Barner who won the beer mile.
1: Who won the beer mile? Yeah, inquiring <laughs> oh, minds want to know. Nick Corey. Oh, nice last place 40 minutes. Yeah. You <laughs> really crushed it. That's pretty good. Yeah, last year I was last in some 30 something. Oh, yeah, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. well, yeah. tell Eric I, said hi, I will take it easy.
0: Man, it's like See, having and, it's like uh, having a
1: reporter down there. I like it. It is, yeah. And that's what I love. It's like just, you know, everybody's walking by. There's there's another hard rocker sitting a couple benches over using the Wi-Fi from the same place I am.
0: That's awesome. <laughs>
1: and yeah, so um, we had to, there was a big snowfield between um, the Wasatch Saddle and Oscar Pass that um, we had to cut steps through. But again, I mean, if the if the weather Stays warm, you know. It's probably going to be completely melted out. But there's serious snow going up Virginia. In fact, you know, since James was just here and I've got him on the mind, he he took a tumble that he'll have to share, you know, with people, um, glissading down Virginia's. Yeesh. And but you know, some of the other big climbs, like we could look across to swamp pass and it was clear. So it'll be just a, a, a fest going up that. Yeah. So I don't think snow is going to be a major issue. And it it sounds like, you know, Charlie Thorne and people like James and others in the know are, are saying it's probably going to be pretty clear.
0: Nice. Now, are you still, you have some more, uh, trail marking days out or what's kind of your, you know, your schedule look like here for the next few days. So I, uh, um, there are,
1: let's see, it's, I'm looking at my watch. It's Wednesday. <laughs> I know there's, there's trail marking for the next three days for sure. And I think, um, actually I think the next four days. So then it becomes that, but, um, so I'm planning to do it through Saturday. So I'll do the next three days, uh, which will give me about a, a 50 or so mile week for this week it's clearly a taper yeah
0: clearly tapering into it right
1: yeah 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 um and then they'll do uh then they'll do handies at the end so that'll probably be on sunday but but now i've come to the now i've in i'm in that kind of quandary of do i see more of the course and kind of go all in with this thing that man i'm gonna finish or die or do i do i do the um two trail mark, not. I'm sorry, the two trail work days on Saturday and Sunday for, uh, extra tickets or an Mm -hmm. extra ticket
0: for next year's lottery.
1: Right. In case, you know, in case I don't make it and I want to have the best chance for the next time. So I'm kind of in the, I'm in the mode where I think I'm going to, I think seeing more of the course is going to be more advantageous. And so I'm more in the mode to, to do the trail marking than the trail work.
0: Well, I think mindset. I'm just going to tell you: do the trail marking because you don't want to think. If I don't finish, I'll have the trail work because you're going to finish, so you can't have that in the back of your head. See, you've just yeah, yeah.
1: You've you've corroborated my all-in mentality. There so, you go. and um, Saturday is a somewhat long section. It's like Maggie's Gulch to Sherman Aid Station, which is about 14 miles. And I think if I, if I understand it's, it's a little bit more rolling, a little bit less intense. It doesn't have a huge major climb like the other sections and has some cross country travel that might be nice to know because it's before I'll pick up a pacer.
0: Yeah. So what would you recommend to people out there who haven't done hard rock? Is this, do you feel this is a big advantage going down early to do course marking? Not I mean, because you're acclimating, you're getting to see the course, um, you're sharing time on the trail with people that may have little tidbits of advice here and there. Is it you find it's really beneficial?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um so it's and it's not just seeing the course. First of all, if I came down right before the race um and wasn't acclimated, I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure I could do it. Cause it's taken you know, 10 days to just get used to going up to 13, 14,000 feet. Um, but even more important than that, and even more important than actually seeing the course itself altogether is picking the brains of, of people like Billy Simpson, oh, who, <laughs> who has done this 10 times plus plus. Yep. and, and is a spitfire. He's a great guy or, or James Varner or, or Charlie Thorne, who's still just motors up these climbs and, and is amazing. Um, so, you know, constantly being regaled with, with tidbits and anecdotes about the course and about, um, you know, strategy and, and what to do, it's, it's huge. It makes a huge difference. So, yeah, without a doubt, if it's your first time, um, find a way to come out you know, two weeks before the race and, and, and do the trail marking.
0: Well, and, and, and Hard Rock is, is different um, than most races. I mean, most races you can show up a few days the day before. Um, not you can't do it at Hard Rock. I mean, obviously people can do that. But <clears throat> the history with Hard Rock and the culture there, um, you know, I've been both, not, not race, but I've been both to Western States, both been to Hard Rock. The feel in Hard Rock is so genuine, real, and just, it's hard to describe, really, in words. And I haven't been immersed like you have.
1: Yeah, that's so true. You know, um, I mean, and, and so the 300s that I've been associated with now are Western States, Wasatch, and, and Hard Rock. And... Um, it started raining again, so I'm moving to the canopy. (laughs) So, um, the feel at those three races is so distinct and different. Um, and, and as much as I loved Western States and the, and the, the kind of, I don't know, circus atmosphere, this is like grassroots down to earth, you know, um, hearty you know heartfelt vibe and it's it's fantastic
0: yeah well you feel i mean like i said i've only been down there uh a couple times and you almost feel like and i haven't been in the race so this is again this is from a different perspective but it's like a a large family event uh, from runners to pacers to crew to the community it's so
1: true you know and uh uh when you when you when you see the race director in the parade with us and he's going over and saying hi to, you know, uh, probably a hundred or more families along the way or more. I mean, I, did, I didn't see him the whole time. Uh, it's a community event. And when you walk down the street and they say, oh, are you doing hard rock? You know, people know what it is and and everybody roots for you and you're out on the trails. And it's it's really, it is really something. Uh, it's a it's an experience not to be missed
0: yeah so are you uh you know speaking of crews and pacers are you all dialed in now i know when we've talked before you've had uh your son as well as a friend of yours traveling in is that kind of still where you're at with your pacers and crew
1: now that's changed a little so um we got out here and my son um rightfully so um got a little intimidated so we're gonna probably just have him run the the last little bit through town nice um my friend jeff calvert from pennsylvania he's coming out he'll be here in two days and i'm gonna have him he's gonna pace from um grouse gulch which is mile 42 when you can pick up pacers through telluride so he'll do roughly 30 miles i think it's almost 30 miles exactly and then my partner Jen is going to pace me over Telluride, and it may have only been just yesterday, or maybe two days ago. Um, I was um, I, I one of one of the guys that I've uh, run into in Utah, who, in fact, I think we met at Speed Goat. I think we met running Speed Goat one year, but I can't. I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, his name's Cameron Adamson. He's, he's tried to get into Wasatch several times and had bad luck. So he's gone to do run rabbit run and he's coming out and he'll pace me, I don't know, f- to the end or, you know, one section. So that's kind of where I sit with pacers.
0: Nice. You've got, it looks like you've got somebody then from mile 42 to the finish.
1: Yeah, yeah, conceivably, and, and I I haven't coordinated completely, you know, I I kind of have stalked Cameron on his Strava, you know, I know he just went up uh, Lone Peak and made it to the summit, you know, recently, so, you know, he's fairly well acclimated and doing longer runs, so I think, you know, having 15 miles should be 15, I think it's about, well, I, I actually don't know, I think it's, how many miles is it from... For to the end, I don't really know 15 20. Yeah, no, it's got to be less than 20. Yeah, (laughs) this is quality podcasting here. I'm sorry, (laughs) this is
0: this is the real deal. I mean, you're kind of (laughs) fade out in and out a little bit just because of the reception. You're in a you know an old mining town. This is the ruggedness (laughs) of hard rock coming to the microphone.
1: Good, good, yeah.
0: (laughs) James Varner swinging by, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's what we do here. We get a little bit of everything. Good, good. So uh, so do you have – have you thought about it much? I mean, is there kind of a uh, quote-unquote game plan um, for this at all? Or is it just just start slow, do, do what you feel? Or is there something, you know, hey, I'd like to be here by A? Or do you have anything in your mind that way?
1: Yeah, so I started to kind of map out. Now that I've done a – you know, I've done like the first – I've done all of the first 15 miles and, uh, so, and that's, you know, that's a couple of the major climbs and I can kind of, I now have a fairly good sense, you know, when I'll come into those aid stations. And so I, I don't have, I I have, I have tentative times that I think I'll hit those, but, um, as far as like a race strategy, it's to make sure and be consistent Uh, But not, uh, not overdo anything. So I'm not going to go out strong. I'm going to just, you know, be consistent and not blow up. Yeah. That's so it's really, it makes it, it makes it harder on, you know, Jen, who's my crew chief and, and, and Jeff, who's going to be pacing me at mile 42. Cause they kind of have to just sit there and watch the GPS tracker and say, Oh, well, it looks like we should go head up the mountain now or whatever yeah
0: well i mean generally you know like a wasatch where you're familiar with it like you've done before you can give them an idea and it's you know if, if things even go bad you're only an hour off or, or something like that but a hard rock you know being a part of that sitting in aid stations it's hours and hours you could be off of what you Very ho- easy. hope could be somewhere and it could be either direction you know you could be yeah. early or you could be really late <laughs> yep
1: yeah it's it's uh it's crazy just how long each section can be. And, you know, with, uh, the, the shift in the weather that's happened today and is, and is forecast to continue through the race, you know, the monsoon season could, you know, could have people hanging out, um, you know, before going up and over some of these passes. Um, I don't, you know, I don't have any desire to, to be the first fatality and I don't have any desire to, to, you know, match Adam Campbell getting um, hit or even if it was a tangential or a, a
0: a close strike. Have your headlabs blowed? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you do. You've got those high, you know, anytime you get in the high mountains, the weather could be any, any direction, any different thing. And you definitely don't want to get trapped on top of a peak. So that could be just a huge factor every year that, is outside the norm for the guy that's taken first place to the person in last.
1: Yeah. So you have this, and, and you have this cutoff, you know, that's 48 hours. I mean, it's far and away more than any other ultra that I would consider. And, um, you think, Oh, I've got all of this time. You know, that means I only need to average 28 and a half minute miles, but that's, it's really deceptive because, you know, you just never know what the weather's going to do, and so you can't bank on that. You can't bank on that as being, you know, your fallback.
0: Well, and one thing that that people don't un- like realize even in the race because I've done it, um, I know a lot of people have. You, you talk about okay, it's twenty-eight, whatever, twenty-nine minute pace. So oh, that's easy, but that's not including aid stations either. And sometimes no. you get into those, and I've seen it in every race, but Hard Rock especially. It's hours of one stop, you know, naps and yeah and just sleeping and everything else. So there's so many different variables you you know, to base that off of that yeah, 28, 28 mile an hour pace, everybody's out there is going, Oh I could do that but then, <laughs> but you gotta the train, you know, the weather, the aid station stops. And and and
1: actually, I mean having now done some of these climbs uh it's a twenty eight I would be I will be happy with with a twenty-eight minute mile if I go that fast on some of these climbs. You get up there around twelve thousand feet to thirteen thousand feet and it's a forty-degree angle, you know, it's it's like a black diamond ski slope, and you're on scree, it's it all of a sudden is not inconceivable that you're doing a 30, 40 minute mile and You're at race pace. Yeah, (laughs) you're at your max.
0: Well, so I've said the story. Like we went out and we did the soft rock, where you do the course in over three days, and I didn't do the whole thing, Um, but I did do the day we went up over handies, and I felt really good up to about twelve thousand feet, and I thought, wow, this this isn't bad. I maybe my body's built for you know being acclimated. I hit about twelve five, and the wheels just came off. I would, and mm-hmm. you know, Handy's is fourteen thousand. I would take four steps and rest, and walk four steps and rest, and that's not an exaggeration. That's how it was like someone was sitting on my chest.
1: <laughs> no, that that is genuinely, and even now when I feel like I'm coming around, I'm well acclimated. You know, today we went up over thirteen thousand, and it is. It's like twelve five. You know, it's that last five hundred, six hundred feet. Um, it's like is it, you just get so slow and you think oh my gosh i'm going so slow and so it's going to be really one of the key things for race you know mentality wise is to not let that get to me to not you know sit there and panic about the fact that you are just doing this kind of almost uh stagger step or or step and rest step and rest or that you're taking such small steps as you go
0: mm-hmm. and that's just <clears throat> that's just And that's a court over the course of 100 miles. That's not just like I did one climate handies. That's, that's the reality, right? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Just trying to, (laughs) just trying to get you pumped up and motivated and happy here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is. And it's, it's like, and you feel, and I felt it today, you know, I mean, we're not in the race We're we're moving fairly slow to, to stop and put markers in. Um, so I wouldn't even call it race pace, but, um, it would. it was just, it was so hard and it was just one climb and you feel so tired. I think the real key is, um, getting to the point where you get to the top, your up muscles feel fatigued. So you switch to the down muscles. And then hopefully they're fatigued, and your up muscles have recovered by the time you have to do the next climb.
0: Yeah. So are you gonna now? Are you gonna be using poles? So I'm gonna
1: use poles um, either from Ure or telluride to the finish, um, and that's mostly because by that point I think my legs will be so fatigued that having that kind of being able to switch to the upper body will really pay off. And I want to kind of preserve. I want to preserve it early in the race.
0: And have you used poles in the past?
1: Yeah, I used, to, I used poles the first time I did Wasatch. Uh, Western doesn't allow them. Uh, I didn't use them this last September at, at Wasatch. Um, and I've used them in training this spring Okay. on some of my long runs. So I've built my upper body and, and you know have been doing weightlifting type stuff and rock climbing for upper body. So I think that that will pay off, but, um, for, for any other race, I, I don't think I will, use them again in, in any other race. I think just pretty much here, but here I can see they they will be really handy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now I'm, I'm a kind of a, a gear nerd. Um, what kind of shoes are you going to be wearing out there on the course? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I have a pair of
0: Montrail,
1: um, Cal that are semi blown out and i'll i'll be wearing those for part of it i i will be wearing i've got a pair of uh lone peaks so ultra lone peaks um that i'll wear and i've got um uh let's see what are they some Montreal Bajadas that have a fairly decent cushion and are well broken in, and so I'll wear those as well. Nice. So I have three different pair, and based on my experience so far with as much of the races I've seen, um, I'll be, I'll have wet feet, and yeah. and having shoes to change will be really handy.
0: Well, in the direction you're going this year, you cross the river coming back to town on the near the finish, right on the way back
1: that's right yeah
0: okay and that one i'm sure there's going to be a rope across that's probably raging pretty good right now
1: it's raging pretty good yeah i wouldn't want to try and cross it without a rope i think i mean it's well i don't know it's probably possible um but yeah like you go you leave town you might be able to keep your feet dry on the on the on the water going up and over uh what is it called little giant or something like that and, but coming down into Cunningham aid station, you cross a river and and uh, then you come up over the top and go over down toward Maggie and you're going through some meadows that are just kind of marshy. So, you know, and, and every snow field, the snow is soft enough that it's just soaking right into your shoes.
0: So we talked earlier about, you know, like Billy Simpson and and Charlie Thorne and some of the other people you've been and talking to, is there a few little tidbits that have stuck with you um, that they've told you or talked about that you either, I mean, they're just going to stick with you, whether it was advice, whether it was a part of a course or, you know, anything like that?
1: Yeah. So um, mostly it's um, don't get consumed with your pace and just be patient and, and don't go out too hard. I mean, that's really kind of the biggest thing. But um, little things like um, we were you know the uh, the day we marked Cunningham so mile 10 to mile 15 um, you know we come up into this meadow and and Billy Simpson says, oh yeah well sometimes there are sheep in this meadow and don't try and go through the middle of the sheep herd because the the, the sheep dogs will will attack you <laughs> they're very <laughs> They're very protective so you know it's like you wouldn't get that any other way (laughs) yeah
0: well that's a good good (laughs) no
1: yeah i can't think of any i can't think of anything right off the top of my head but you know just little things like how to kind of sight and and move um you know we as we're going along marking you know charlie thorne is coming up behind and and if we place, you know, a dozen markers, he's, he's taken out a few of them saying, Hey, you know, you're overmarking, That's not necessary. So, you know, be, you know, be familiar with the map, you know, be familiar with the course because it's not marked like, uh, most ultras it's, it's, it's minimally marked.
0: It doesn't have those good Philly good confidence markers then.
1: No, it does not. You, you'll, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are long sections where, you know, nothing's getting put down. And it, uh, of course, you know, at night there's the, the night sections um, are getting reflective markers. And if it's cross country, you know, I was surprised at how much of the course is just kind of across Alpine meadows. Yeah. And, and when it comes to that, you know, they, they become more frequent, but um, you know, the, the goats knock them down, try and eat them and, and, you know, I'm sure there's human, human removal. So there's all kinds of things that, you know, mean that markers might not be there. Now, so being familiar with the map and being familiar with the course is, is really kind of important.
0: Well, I think, like you said, with being out there with the course marking, you've got a pretty good idea, um, not just on paper, um, but with sight. And since you've already been there, where you're going from A to B.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, what about nutri- yeah. what about fueling? Have you kind of figured that out? Are you going to be doing much with solid food since you're going to be doing a lot of hiking? Are you going to do? The- Are you a gel guy? What's your what's your routine on this?
1: So I'm a I I did almost exclusively Tailwind at Wasatch, and it really worked for me. I I, I the first time I tried Tailwind was at um, the Canyon de Shea 55K and I just did that exclusively and it worked really, really well for me. I didn't have any gut issues in, in either of those races. And so I, uh, on my long runs and, and in training, you know, I use tailwind and I supplement like at Wasatch, I supplemented with like chips and bananas and Coke. Um, so, uh, I'll carry tailwind between the aid stations. That'll be my my calories in between. But then when I hit the aid stations, I'm gonna uh, be doing solid food, um, bananas, quesadillas. I'll do all the, the the regular fare.
0: Nice. So what are some of the what are you know some of the stuff that's going through your head? Are you you, uh, you like you said you want to get it going? It's getting real. You want to get started on it, but do you find yourself having a hard time sleeping because things are going through your head or are you pretty good at shutting things down
1: so i've i've done okay with shutting things down it's just that the days are long and i'm just i'm still really shocked at how tired i am after doing say like today just doing one of the you know eight or nine major climbs um I, that worries me so mostly it's just anxiety that i'll be able to hold up i, I worry that I'll get so tired that I just, I literally won't be able to move.
0: Now do you um, think that could be a disadvantage of going early or is that, that a concern? I mean, it,
1: yeah. Yeah, it could be. And that, and that could also be, you know, my limited training. I mean, maybe, maybe I don't have the base that I think I do. You know, those are the kinds of questions that go through my mind at night. It'll it, it, But here's the other thing. So, you know, I have, I have a fear of missing out. So we get here and I'm, and I'm doing everything that's, you know, it's like I'm going out every day. I, I haven't really tapered, but I will next week. So I, I kind of think I'm going to, I think it's, it's um, going to get better as far as that kind of fatigue at the end of the day. Cause I wake up the next morning. I feel, I feel uh, fresh as a daisy. I'm just, I'm ready to go. And and can motor up the climbs. It's just the end of each day. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and the other thing, now that now that I think about it, we've been camping. So, you know, we have we've been camping since I don't even remember when we left Bellingham. <laughs> <laughs> um, the twenty twentieth of June. We've been camping, or kind of, you know sleeping on floors at family or friends' houses. Um, And we weren't planning to get into a hotel until the 10th. And then we got here and realized how tired camping, you know, you just don't ever get a break. And so uh, made hotel reservations here in town um, uh, for the 7th. So that's two days from now. And I think that's going to help a lot.
0: Yeah. Nice soft bed, a little more relaxing. You don't have to work as hard, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can actually get out of the sun or get out of the cold because it's – because it's at 10,000, 11,000 feet where we're camping, it's this crazy um, dichotomous uh, environment where if you're in the sun – Even if it's only 70 degrees, it's scorching hot because there's just no atmosphere to block that sun. And so you move to the shade and and you get in the shade and then you realize that the ambient air temperature is cool and you get chilled really fast. So you're constantly (laughs) sunshade, sunshade, sunshade.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that will be nice to move indoors for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, have you, been, uh, have you been doing anything solo, you know, not doing the marking, or have you tagged along with anybody to do any, like, type of training, or has it just been strictly organized hard rock marking and stuff?
1: Uh, my trip up Handies was on my own, and then the first leg, the Cunningham, over to Cunningham, that was on my own, and yesterday afternoon, instead of doing the beer mile, I went up um, to... Uh, see a part of the course uh, toward the end um, and just make sure I, you know, got up to, to elevation again for, you know, acclimation purposes. So yeah, so it's a mix of doing it on my own and navigating on my own as well as doing it with the, with the trail marking.
0: So here's, here's the money question for you. Is there any buzz going around about who people think are going to do what down there as far as, one through three, is there much talk of that going on?
1: I haven't heard the one through three. I've just pretty much heard that, um, you know, Killian would be running this part. <laughs> <laughs> Killian, will, Killian will be doing this at this part. And, uh, you know, I, I, I saw, um, I think, uh, Brian Powell at I Run Far has confirmed that Killian is going to be here. Yep, saw that. So uh yeah it's it's all on i think all eyes are on him and then um a lot of other people that are that are out here training of course uh i see them for about 30 seconds when when they go by but i have seen a few of few of the the top people out and about
0: well i just uh just talking to you about this i'm excited i mean like i said i've you know, only been down there during the race once and another yeah. time just in training. But boy, I'm, 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 I've got that fear of missing out right now because I know that buzz. Well,
1: good luck at Beaverhead, but you know, it's just a hop, skip and a jump from up there to down here.
0: Well, and, and, and Turtle Miller came to town this past weekend and he, uh, he went running. We took him up to a peak here in Ogden and he left from the parking lot at Snow Basin straight to Silverton. Um, he's yeah, co-
1: I heard he's... Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, he's coming down for the week, but he's leaving for the race. So I was in contact. I'm like, okay, how long did it take you? And he says it took him about eight hours oh, uh, with gas stops on the drive.
1: Yeah, I I heard his name being thrown around um, today when we were out on the trail, but I haven't seen him.
0: It was probably not thrown around in a good way, so we'll just leave it there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't say. What I, what I can say is it, it kills me that, you know, uh, we were both down in that. I mean, I lived in Cedar City. I lived right by him and never met him while I was down there.
0: Yeah, well, so. he, he's a character. Once, once he's in town, you'll know. He, apparently there's some uh, beer that's served down there, some type of raspberry sour that he's really high on. So if you find wherever that's being served, you'll find him. I, I know exactly where – I think I know exactly
1: where that is. I think and a, I'll look –
0: Avalanche uh, go ahead. maybe? Is it yeah, an Avalanche? Yeah,
1: Avalanche, yeah. yeah. And so I'll just look for the – well, I would, I would say I'll just look for the super skinny guy, but there's a lot of skinny guys here now.
0: Yeah, I was going to say he's got a sprinter, but I'm sure there's a few of those down there too. Oh, my
1: gosh. Speaking of sprinters, <laughs> um, so when you were here, have you gone up and over – from the Silverton side over overpass, Pass.
0: The uh, gnarly a, one? Yeah, it's a yeah. Jeep
1: road. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. It's cut into the side and it's shale. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that's here pacing, and you know, if he hears this, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name, but uh, he took his Sprinter van down that.
0: Are you kidding me? No. Holy no No.
1: <laughs> so part of the crew was up, uh on the on the side and they could look down and they they watched him coming over in the sprinter van
0: <laughs> just waiting. oh my uh, word just waiting for something to tip <laughs>
1: right yeah he says yeah there was a lot of skillful parking brake maneuvers because it would start to slide and the parking brake seemed to kind of help it uh stop sliding <laughs> i don't know
0: yeah no thanks
1: <laughs> no pass
0: <laughs> yeah pass well, Jeff, I can't. I'm. We're excited for you. Um, I can't thank you enough for for taking us along this journey through the this year and and like I said, I'm excited. I, I just sit and, and hear your stories and the way you're talking and, you know, I'm looking forward to the finish and I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you when it's all said and done and you've recuperated a little bit. Um, yeah.
1: Oh, I. I. You know, having you, uh, do this with me or have me on is has been huge and so i really appreciate it and uh yeah i can't wait to tell you about the finish because i'm gonna be there
0: yeah and don't and don't uh don't be too surprised if i'm there
1: oh i won't be i hope you do i'm I hope still you do. i'm That'd still trying fantastic. to work
0: it out but uh it's just yeah. eight, it's just an eight hour drive so we'll see
1: How's yeah just just an eight hour drive how is your training going for beaverhead
0: uh pretty good. Uh did uh Sinks Canyon last weekend or a week and a half ago, I guess now. Um went okay. And you know, nothing to write home about, but Joel's got me uh, tapering into the race, just like you've been doing. Just no no let up. Yep. It'll Okay, it'll, good. It'll be the same mentality for me. I'm just looking for a finish. You know, I've got bigger fish at the end of the year that I'm really focused on and this is just something I've wanted to do. So um yeah, just kinda going out and enjoying myself and and uh yeah turning turning another year older while i'm there right on well
1: good i hope i see you here and either way i will regale you with insane stories of these mountains
0: that that's what i want that's what we're all waiting for so jeff (laughs) uh thanks again um you know this is culminating a fun fun trip down here with you and best of luck uh we we know you're gonna do well and uh, we'll uh, catch you on the other side of the finish line
1: sounds great
0: thanks man all right thanks jeff yeah thank you for listening to the trail manners podcast we'd like to thank jeff hart for taking the time to join us today from silverton as well as taking us along for his journey to the hard rock 100 we want everybody to wish jeff a good luck thanks jeff our thoughts are with you we can't wait to talk to you on the other side we also want to encourage everybody to follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at trail manners or swing by the website at trailmanners.com. There on the store page you can check out and get yourself some trail cred and some swagging, rights. Or you can hit us up on the contact page, let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or if you would like to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.